of the Dumb and Dumbest Podcast, a music industry podcast where everything is terrible and the house is on fire. I'm Matt Bacon, here with my beautiful co-host, Keith from Ghost Cult Mag. What's up? And our amazing guest, iHeartRadio DJ, Eddie King. What's up, fam? What's going on? How are you today, Eddie? Man, I can't complain. If I did, ain't nobody gonna listen. <laughs> I mean, we are in self-isolation. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> so okay so i had a lot of stuff i wanted to kind of pick apart with you because we haven't ever had an iHeartRadio radio dj before honestly okay okay but before we get into that how did you get involved what's your backstory how did you get involved in music yeah talk to us all right i've been in music and for about 20 25 years i started back in the 80s and 90s when it wasn't cool to be in hip-hop in D.C. I was a part of uh, D.C. Scorpio. I used to be a... I started off in hip-hop as a dancer for D.C. Mm-hmm. Scorpio when he had the song Stone Cold Hustler. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So we did the video. We was the first video on MTV Jams back in the day with uh, um, Ed Lover. And, uh, yeah, and after that, you know... DC started flourishing with some rappers, but it wasn't really, you know, a lot of artists back, you know, back then with the music game. Um, Max Kid, which was the epitome of go-go music, started to try to branch hip-hop and go-go back then, but it never grew to where we are now as far as, you know, the DMV area with hip-hop. Mm-hmm. So... Um, consequently, I left, you know, I left for a few years, but I came back and started doing radio. Eddie? Radio. We lost you. What did you say? I said we were one of the first cats to start doing internet radio. Okay. Um, about 10 or 11 years ago, um, highlighting independent artists. And so it got so big that um, I started doing television in which I started doing um, C- the CW television network. Um, I bought infomercial slots. Me and my brother bought infomercial slots. And it got to be so big, we got a four and a f- out of five star rating in TV guide. Oh, but wow. What, okay. Yeah. What we noticed was big, uh, you know, the big corporation wasn't trying to have us flourish because you know, we were buying infomercial slots. We weren't buying, we weren't syndicated. We bought our own television time. So we did what we wanted to do with television. After that, me and a partner of mine, you know, um, I started winning a lot of awards uh, with independent radio and internet radio. I went to war with uh, terrestrial radio because I felt like independent artists wasn't getting any burn. They wasn't playing DC artists on radio sure. back then. Not like they should. We was getting segments and things of that nature. So um, I then branched out and took my show on the road. That's when we uh, launched in 
Atlanta on CBS 46 in Atlanta. And from there, everything, you know, pretty much manifested itself from me, you know, doing um, our heart and all these other big platforms I created relationships with. That's really cool. Right. That's really cool. And so when did you get involved with, like, so how long ago did you get involved with iHeartRadio? I want to say about two and a half years ago now. When I started um, with iHeart, it wasn't a big, it wasn't a big to do. Like you wasn't, they weren't even giving a lot of love to certain radio shows, you know, mm-hmm. they weren't, they weren't showing no love. And so unlike now, everybody's all over every platform because they've made it just that easy for people, anybody to become a radio personality. Sure. Um, there's a lot there. I know Keith is bursting with questions. I know he like Keith is like kind of my hip hop Sherpa. So oh, I don't know about all that, but uh, <laughs> my, my sphere of hip hop ended like began and ended at like 19 started in 1980 when kids used to like break dances that a fight outside of my house in the projects to like 96, 97, 98. Occasionally I still enjoy a jam or two, but uh I'm sure you can find a better authority. I'm just all you've got, unfortunately, man. Oh, that's um, cool, Keith. <laughs> but uh, listen, what I wanted to, first of all, great, you know, great to meet you and hear from you and uh, hear your story. I think it's interesting because back in the day, it was definitely unheard of to transition, A, directly to television. Even when you were a personality, there was like a, you know, kind of a process. And B, then to go on and have success in radio and like you said, kind of pioneering internet radio and especially pioneering internet radio for hip-hop um i worked actually in my uh earlier school career when i was going to journalism school i actually did a lot of college radio and uh it was really college radio like before the real huge boom of hip-hop college radio was kind of like where hip-hop was beside the streets college radio is where hip-hop was getting onto main street you know what i'm saying no question no question so tell us about that, like, move to radio, because that's something I'm super interested in. Well, honestly, um, my numbers, I started off, I went over WPFW 89.3 FM, okay, and I was working there, and um, it I was infusing hip-hop and go-go, because you got to remember, D.C. is a go-go city. Mm-hmm. They still, at this, in this juncture, don't really embrace hip-hop like they should. So I was doing go-go and hip-hop on PFW, and it became one of, well, let's say this, and this is something you guys can Google. PFW at the time is probably 30-something in ratings. I took them up to number 23 just with my show alone. Wow. Um, And, uh, yeah, and it's because you got to remember while like WPFW catered to a lot of older crowds, they were trying to find a way to fuse the new school with the old school, okay? And so you had a lot of cats over there that were still playing old hip hop music, but you gotta remember, the older people are dying off. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Who are in their 40s now were go-go heads, okay? So they're the new old school. So if you think about it, 
are like um cool g rap uh 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 de la soul that's old school that's before cool hurt and that's something that i didn't um i didn't put in there so african bambata which is a good friend of mine's i met through max kid we he brought some cats down from new york to do a record with dc cats but at the time we didn't know what we had you get what i'm saying because at the time uh this was in the 80s we was just infusing with the vinnie d's 55 dollar hotel so again gogo was the the big main uh asset of music in the dmv area in the dc area so um that also played a major part a major role in me getting in the radio because i felt like again dc artists wasn't represented and if you do your research cast like dave east um fat trail and on booby and the oi boys i gave a lot of these cats their first start as it related to um radio internet radio because these guys couldn't get any major play on terrestrial radio sure even like fat trail had hot records he couldn't get any play so that's what spawned the tv show because i was playing videos from these cats on terrestrial radio on to on television now so and you got to remember that and this was when Fat Trail first signed the MMG. Uh, way that, so you know that was a long time ago. These right. cats had no, if they weren't on MTV, they had nowhere to showcase their talent, which was the Eddie Kane internet show. They transitioned into the television show because the, the internet show has spawned so much success. We were live streaming. We were sponsored by Cricket Wireless at the time. So at the time, I'm I'm flying back and forth to L.A. trying to deal with the move music. I'm trying to get them to rock with me and put, uh, you know, give me an independent section on move music because, again, and I hate to be all over the place, independent artists wasn't getting no love on national radio, especially D.C. artists. So we had a little segment that came on on Wednesday nights, and this was before my man Tony Rez took um, his position on PGC. So if you like go and Google some of this, you'll see that me and cats that weren't supporting it, like Easy Street, I have no disrespect for Easy Street now, but me and him were at war, at the war of words all over the internet because, and in the newspaper, I think that was the Washington Examiner back then, we were at war in the newspaper because independent artists couldn't get no love. So subsequently, I became the go-to guy I've put guys, I, I've been now the go-to guy for like the Universal Circus. I teamed up with them, stopped putting kids under the big top of the Universal Circus, which spawned me to start doing shows with Walmart. I've thrown concerts inside of Walmart uh, in conjunction with the Universal Circus and uh, McDonald's. I've thrown shows for, you know, in conjunction with them for the Universal Circus. So I've been given independent artists a lot of burn uh once again when it wasn't even cool to give independent artists burn we made that trend that's that's crazy <laughs> um 
because there's just so much. So I okay. So <clears throat> there's a few things. First of all, because I, I just want to like get this straight. How long between like starting in the world of radio? Like, how long did it? At what point? And how long did it take you to get to the point where you're like, okay, we have something here? Uh, it took years, really, honestly. Um, I got to shout out Dr. Bruce Purnell because when we first started, I, I went to, I don't know if you're familiar with Listen Vision. Mm -hmm. um, I made Listen Vision a trend radio station as it related to internet radio because, um, once again, when I started, before that, I was live streaming on Ustream. You, rem you guys hit with Ustream? Yeah. Yep. That's how I started doing my show, which was Ustream. And that was the show, um, the Eddie Kane show, we taped down on uh, Ben and Road. <laughs> and, it, um, and I want to say that was 2010 years. I want to say about, two, about 2012, 2011. And at that, after that, around 2014, I realized that we really had something because no one was still supporting independent artists like that. And which me and my brother took a leap of faith and bought airtime on the CW network. Okay, so it took you like 20 years to get to that point. Well, not 20, about four years after oh, getting okay. on internet. After, okay. Well, from you know, from when I started my radio career, it took me four years to really muster up to take it to the next level with uh, terrestrial radio. Yeah, I mean terrestrial T. I mean with television from terrestrial radio and internet radio. Got it. That's um, that's intense. Uh, Keith, I know you had a question. Oh, so many. Um, it's really cool to hear that narrative and that story. And I got to say, I'm, I'm a little surprised that DC is uh, so reluctant to kind of, they were so like such a visionary and groundbreaking town for comedy and punk rock and art. And it's, it seems, I know, like you said, they were really ingrained in dance. And so they were reluctant originally to like original DC hip hop. But it's interesting because it kind of sounds like the same story that Dr. Dre tells about South Central, that it was all like dance clubs and you would go in there and try to have somebody come over and rap over like a dance. The dance floor would just erupt in anger. You know, if they had tomatoes, they would throw them. So it sounds very similar to that. Like, Yo, there's a little residence. Keith, you know? I got to tell you, Keith, you can go Google right now while you're on the phone, Ice Cube and Junkyard Band. Yeah, of course. So like when that came, like when rap was never accepted in DC in the 80s, even though rap inspired, I mean, hip, a go-go inspired a lot of rap songs. If you look in the 80s, in the 90s, Herbie Lovebug, which managed Salt and Pepper, yep. Kid and Play, um, you name it, uh, Curtis Blow, all had go-go infused records. So DC has always been a part of the rap community because they lifted the go-go music. <clears throat> DC was just so entrenched in the go-go sound. It never, you were a cold Bama to be doing hip hop music if you lived in DC, despite us having uh, some of the biggest 
rappers like Fat Rodney, who used to get on the stage with Rare Essence and rap in front of thousands of people and get big love. Stinky Dink, Tony Blunt, uh, Nonchalant had one of the hit records, which was five o'clock in the morning. You know, DC, uh, uh, you, you name it, Question Mark Asylum had a big record. We've always had hip hop, but we never really got that love because again, the DMV is mostly known for go-go. It's now in the last couple of years that these, the younger people have started embracing the hip hop. So like in DC now, and I always tell people, I feel like I'm part of the reason this has happened. The younger kids don't really listen to go-go music any, anymore. They only listen to hip hop. Mm. There's no more really, there's no one really leading the charge with the younger crowd with go-go. So it's dying out with the older dudes. If that makes any sense. Absolutely. Totally. So now I'm feeling like, wow, I played a role in go-go music that was a timeless music for the DC, Maryland, Virginia area. Now it's starting to disintegrate because no kids want to hear go-go. They only want to hear hip hop. And to be honest, radio um, plays a major part in that as well because they don't play as much go-go as they used to. So like the DC area now embraces all hip hop, you know, all hip hop, the younger kids. And as you guys know, know that none of the younger kids even listen to really radio anymore. Everything is a playlist off of their aux cord. You know what I mean? Sure. Even us, the older crowd, we, we don't listen to certain records and, you know, I listen to it all, but I know cats who just won't give the younger cats any try, any kind of love. They won't listen Absolutely. to the, 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 the new hip hop. They think it's trash. Sure. So Did I answer your question? I'm sorry. Yeah, no, that was great. Um, it, it was less of a direct question and more like a what's your take on this, which is kind of more like my style anyway. Um, if Matt, if Matt, you don't mind, I have one more thing. Yeah, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. One, one interesting thing to me is, as kind of an old school, like metal and punk guy, is that when certain artists, you know, obviously hip hop and rap started to become the main, became the mainstream and now is popular music, similar to what I think about when I think about like my parents being angry at rock and roll and jazz becoming very commercialized. How did you feel when certain artists you liked started to just become like everywhere? Was it cool or were you like standoffish? I was happy. I was happy because I felt like we had finally started to transition to be able to push both cultures of music, but that wasn't the case. It wound up being the only hip hop in this juncture was being accepted by the younger crowds. Gotta remember, I was marketing to younger people because I knew the older crowds wasn't going to give hip hop if it wasn't go-go infused they wasn't going to give it any type of chance at all right that's In dc yeah that's really well, interesting i just gotta tell you something else keith do you know that rock metal music started in dc for sure yeah punk rock especially punk but yeah rock, of course exactly it started it started in dc and most people don't even know that yeah. The biggest uh, rock star in the world right now is probably Dave Grohl of the Foo Fighters, right? DC right. DC Richmond dude right there, you know? Right. 
but in the early in the sixties, seventies, that was yeah, that 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 uh hardcore um punk rock was a DC thing. You know, Absolutely. DC they used to open up a lot here. So yeah, I just didn't know if you guys knew that too. But um Go ahead, finish answering your questions. I, I, I love you guys' show, I love the question. Where are you guys from originally? Uh, I am from France, Keith is from the Bronx. Okay. I am from the Boogie Down Bronx. So you are, I, the, you, yeah. you from, okay, you from Cool uh, <laughs> Hurt Town. You from yeah, Cool Hurt. Um, my best friend in the world, his brother was a dude that used to like spin records with Flash and Art. So I got, and I met, and I knew that dude, uh, he's passed away now, but I got a lot of secondhand hip hop history as like a teenager, although I was kind of exploring like metal and rock. I, I obviously look, I'm from the hood. I'm from uh, projects in the Bronx. Like every, like I said, I was telling Matt this story, uh, you know, people didn't, you know, there was a period of time when it was all guns and knives and then it kind of turned into raps and breakdancing. Right. And, uh, you know, even all the rock kids who had long hair and Iron Maiden shirts, we all like hip hop and we all wore the clothes. And I had shell toe Adidas like half my life. Like that's right. just, it was part of our culture and who Definitely. we are. Probably my favorite rapper ever is uh, KRS-One and Boogie Down Productions. And that's I literally because you're, you're being biased right now, Keith. Totally. They're from your, they're from your hood. <laughs> For real. Yeah. Well, you know what's interesting? So here's the thing, right? Like it, I found like kind of probably why I started to gravitate away from rap and hip hop is because when I was young, and this included rock and punk and other genres too, if you were a biter, if you copied somebody's style, anything, you were immediately dissed and, you know, disregarded. Definitely. And then Definitely. I think we got into this transition. I don't want to blame guys like Dre and Puffy, who I enjoy their music and I love their work, obviously. But um, I think when the, like, sort of the, the samples took over as the whole track, I think we lost a little something in the, in the genre. How do you Definitely. feel about that? I think that um, in hip hop, there's always transition. Like, Nothing sounds the same. If you look at the early hip hop, African Bambada and them had the electric style music. Boom, boom, boom. You know what I mean? That was the type of music with a rock bass. And then you had somebody like um, Run DMC come about that infused rap with hip hop. I mean, uh, uh, rock with hip hop. You know what I mean? A lot of their songs, some of their songs was their biggest records was rock and hip hop infused. So like, I think that we lost the originality because people were looking for to, uh, ways to create new sounds. So there's always was this transition. So hip hop never stayed the same. You know, it went from electric to, um, to metaphors and rhymes that if you wasn't rhyming, then it became really violent after that. You know, we used to talk, we used to have messages in hip hop, as you know, you know, uh, self-destruction and records like that. People from, like people from your hood, which is D-Nice, you know, they, they created, they were, you know, he was originally with the Boogie Down production. Um, and, 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 you know, we had messages in hip hop and I think a lot of it got convoluted along the way from where, um, Ice Cube and then Ice T or Ice Cube came out with "Fuck the Police" to it became "Kill Each Other," mm. and so the music transitioned totally. So yeah, I, I get it. The the samples played a part, but the content played a major part 
in the destruction of um, hip hop as we knew it. But I gotta honestly say that some of these young kids are very unique in their music, so we gotta give them a chance as well. You know, absolutely. Um, nothing stays the same. So if we don't continue to support hip hop as it keeps on transforming, we'll lose it. If you even look at it, some rock groups are, like you said, the Foo Fighters are in, influenced by um, hip hop. Well, it's hard not to be at this point. You know what I mean? Because hip hop has just had such an outsized place in the sonic landscape. Right. I agree. I mean, most people don't know that Foo Fighters took uh, Trouble Funk, if you're familiar with them, mm -hmm. they went on tour together. Yeah. Trouble Funk is a go-go band from the yep. D.C. area. They have records like Drop the Bomb, and but they weren't rock group. They weren't rockers. They were go-go. But yeah. consequently, that's where the foundation of the Foo Fighters for Dave was built on. Go-go music and samples. You know what I mean? Totally. So I'm sure you get asked this a lot, but like I'm a nerd, so I kind of have to. Like, how do you know Africa Bambata? Like, I, I want to know that story. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, African, I met him again. I met him in the, what, the late 80s, early 90s through Max Kidd. Max Kidd owned, he owned Go-Go. Like, he was the representative of Go-Go. So he wanted to bridge the gap with Go-Go and hip-hop. So Max Kidd introduced me to African Bambata in this studio in Silver Spring, Maryland. And he had all these rappers. And at the time, I was trying to be a rapper, too, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. And um, he had all these rappers from New York come down, and they were trying to rap on the go-go beat because they were trying to still bridge that gap. You got to remember, um, African Bambata wasn't, he wasn't a part of that go-go transition with the Herbie Love Bug and uh, Cool Mo D's. He wasn't a part of that. So he was on the latter end. They were still electronically trying to do stuff, and it just didn't fit. But that's how I first met Bambata. And, you know, Bam is a good dude, man. You know, he taught me a lot uh, about hip-hop and taught me the game as it related to, you know, cats. Um, and from New York and what they were looking for because they wouldn't even give DC cats no burn really back mm -hmm. then. That would, um, yeah, I, I, I get it. It's so, so what has kept you, you know, you've talked about the evolution in the genre. You've talked about, I, I wanted to keep up with that. But what has kept you involved in hip hop for so long? Like, like was, is there a particular element of the music that just, what, if you could find an element of the music that makes it a part of your soul, I, I what love, would that be? I love the, I love the uniqueness that everyone plays in trying to create the new music. Okay. Um, when we grew up, as you know, it was a boom bap type of beat. Boom you know, the, the boom bap type of sound. Sure. Since then, it has become more 808 driven. And so I liked the transition into the new record style. But what really drove me was um, I felt my city deserved a piece of the, of, the, uh, of the pie because 
we had been sampled and our music had been stolen and not never been given credit, but yet we had so many talented cats that came out of DC with sure. the hip hop. So it drove me to wanna uh, be a part and push, the, push so many young uh, up and coming artists that wouldn't have had the opportunity if we hadn't presented that. Sure. That's, uh, that's, that's really important. Yeah, that's I, I, I love that. Wanted. Yeah. Keith? Word. Uh, I agree. I was going to say that uh, I was going to ask, because obviously now we've talked a lot about history, but obviously music is living history. And especially, like I said, with hip hop and rap being so, it's basically ubiquitous. It's everywhere. It's in everything. Uh, it's kind of funny. It's like you have two, two kind of warring factions in the pop culture where it's like people that don't acknowledge how important, how literally it's like the plasma of popular culture is rap. But then you got people who just try to pretend it's not accurate. That's not true. Um, so I laugh at them. But who do you like from modern times? Who are some modern, uh, maybe people we don't know about, some underground genres or some underground rappers that maybe we don't, we should be getting more love? Oh, man, there's so many um, underground cats that are doing their thing. Like, I don't want to say, I mean, should I say, I mean, is it from my city or? Yeah, just, just personally, it, whatever, your city, whoever you um, like. I mean, you yeah, I mean, there's so many of, let me just say this to you. The internet has made it so everybody can become a superstar. Um, and you might not even have heard of these cats before. Um, one person that I like in particular is the baby. And the re and he's mainstream now, but the reason why I liked him because I saw his, I saw him come into the game with nothing. I remember being in South by Southwest two years ago, two and a, was it three, two or three years ago, when the baby came out with a giant diaper on. <laughs> being honest, giant yeah. diaper on, and we don't get creativity like that no more, and so. Like cats like that, I understand what he's saying. A lot of these young kids, I don't understand what they're saying. It's like they they be talking gibberish. You know what I mean? But I, I love the music. I love the beat. So that's what keeps me contained because I, it takes me about two or three times to hear what the hell they're saying before I catch on. But I I, I then start to really love the creativity of how they put the music together. Like DC has a new style that was stolen by uh, a LA artist, which is Blueface. If you ever go and look, um, Cutiful, couple of other DC rappers, their, their new thing was rap off beat. So if you have you ever heard of Shabazz or any of these cats, if you listen to their music, they don't rap on beat. Sure. And when I first heard it, it was like, what in the f is this shit? But it was, it was the creativity that the kids loved it. So they were touching the kids, because you got to remember, we don't buy records. No matter how much we love it, we don't buy records. Who buys the records? Who buys units? Kids. So for me, to see that the kids was loving this off-beat rap style, was was crazy to me 
And so it drove me to really start taking a look at the even younger ones because the kids that I had uh, exposed, like Fat Trailer, now they're older. And it's a new wave of, of rap artists, underground rap artists. And because Instagram and Facebook and TikTok, they no longer need platforms like mine to go platinum. They can go platinum just off of their page and, and YouTube. So um, cats like 3O Black, uh, I'm listening to, uh, it's a plethora of them. I couldn't tell you one or two offhand. I'm digging a lot of these new school, but then I'm loving, I can't think of what her name is, Chickster or something of, that. it's cats that are bringing back real bars and, you know, spitting lyricism again. So sure. I, I'm, I'm really digging that you know, you have some cats that are still trying to bring that back. But listen, the record labels don't want that type of music. And we know it to be true. If it ain't about violence and calling women bitches and whores and demeaning, this, the, the labels don't want that. They don't want a whole lot of Kendrick Lamars. They don't want a whole lot of J. Coles. They don't want that type of music because then that leaves people conscience. Mm. That makes that makes the culture conscious. See, that was like my era of that's like the era I still appreciate and love the most is sort of the intelligence that I don't see that's and it's I understand that like that's just goes for everything in entertainment. It's the same the most popular rock music is like you know it's, dumb. The most pop, it's all straight up, you know, but like I kind of miss that stuff. I miss well, that, that and I feel like that's why I love Pusha T so much. It's like he's another one. I remember Pusha be when Pusha, him and his brother and them couldn't get any love before the clips really started blowing up. Yeah, you know what I mean. Then nobody wanted to hear the music with him and Pharrell, and they didn't want to hear that shit back then. Nobody wanted positive music. Everybody wanted if it's not negative, if it's not about fuck you, fuck you up, kill you. I got a 40 with a 50 clip. They didn't want to hear that shit. That was just where hip hop was at that time. Absolutely. Which is crazy seeing how everything's rolled out. Point being, thank you so much for being so open and just sharing your story and like letting Keith and I dork out about hip hop, which isn't something we get to do a lot. Yeah, okay. that's amazing. Um, well, I, I like what you guys are doing, you know what I mean? I think that it's oversaturated the market, but with people like yourselves who have substance, this is these are shows I'm going to be checking for because then I'll know I'll get a real understanding of what your guests are talking about based off of the questions that you asked. You know, um, a lot of people, like I say, they've made it so that anybody can be a radio personality or anybody can be a podcaster. But as you and I both know, the three of us know, it's about the content. So how many times have you been listening to like an Adam 20, uh, a, a, a jumper uh, interview? You're like, what the fuck is this? Exactly. So, or if you're listening to Vlad TV, you're like, okay, another rapper that's talking about murder. I mean, what the fuck is any different? You know, exactly. there's nothing different. Everything is about, you know, the negative aspect of it. But sure. I think you guys are doing a great job. God bless. Thank Everyone, thank you for listening. This has been Dumb and Dumbest. Are we done yet? <laughs>